people love basketball, right? But not everyone can score three points and not everyone can play basketball, but they, they might be fans, they might be journalists, they might be coaches, they might be whatever. And eSports is exactly the same. What's going on? So you are listening to the Humans That Game podcast, just straight out of the bat. Um, I'm going to have to apologize for this audio. So I had this um, this great idea to just start from scratch, even though I had all the equipment um, within my company, just start from scratch, like maybe like create like this low budget, like here's how you podcast, um, because I have this newsletter on LinkedIn called Dear Strange People, where I really just dive into, um, I dive into all of my decisions that I'm making from a community aspect, from a personal branding aspect aspect, from a creator's aspect, and from a business aspect. And there's an entire section in there devoted to the Humans That Game podcast. And I'm just showing people behind the scenes, like how I'm growing it, like what I'm doing and things like that, um, where I really just dive into these decisions. So I was thinking like, yo, like let's create a guide for everybody so that they can launch their own podcast, like just super, super budget friendly. Um, They want to spend a lot of money. So I just use my like AirPods. You know, and I just started like that. So the audio is not that great here. Um, and this episode was actually supposed to be released first. It was supposed to be my first episode, but I decided to go with another episode first. So just, again, I just want to apologize for the audio here. Um, but super cool conversation with Fede Weiner, um, who's based out of Berlin, I believe. So we just really dive into just how the esports scene is out there, what it looks like to actually be involved in esports and like where we're going as a society and what we can experience back. So um, as always, I will appreciate um, any kind words, any reviews that you can leave me. That would be incredible. Um, And I hope you like this episode. Thank you so much, Fede, for hopping on the Humans at Game podcast. It's going to be my first episode of this new series. Um, for those of that, those of you that are listening, this is super weird to me because I have my company podcast, Strange, on purpose. This is really just my chance to dive into esports and something that I'm super passionate about. And just so you, Fede, have a little bit of background and the listeners that have a bit of background, I launched a LinkedIn newsletter um, about two weeks ago and essentially just me diving into all the decisions that I'm making as a business owner, as a personal brand, and then as a community um, organizer as well. So really just diving into those decisions. And this podcast um, is a part of that newsletter. So I'm sharing the growth. I'm documenting the growth there. And you were actually recommended by um, a guy named James Craig. I'm not sure if you remember him. He said um, it was a couple years ago, but he said you were super kind and you had a unique perspective on esports. So for those of you that don't know who you are, or for the people that don't know who you are, could you um, just share your background? What are you doing now? And what's your connection to esports? Well, thank you for the kind intro. Um, <laughs> I'm Federico Weiner. Uh, I work now for Unity Technologies after three years at SIP, uh, working in entertainment industries. And the, the, my connection to eSports comes from long time. First, because I was a gamer when I was a kid. My first computer was a Commodore 64. And later, nice. to PC and, you know, having working um, and enjoying digital art from many different angles. 
Uh, I was a journalist. Then later on, I started working in technology as a consultant and delivering you know, projects related to creativity and uh, different stages of development uh, for digital solutions and digital transformation that the customers might need. So uh, I would say that I have a very wide range of uh, experience in terms of gaming and in terms of um, gamification of different business processes across different companies. Make sense? Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I was reading an article that you that you were interviewed in, I think it was Sports Venue, and you said, in my business unit, we deal with game developers, tournament organizers, and other esports stakeholders in Germany. In the last 12 months, there has been a significant growth of workshops with such prospects as the esports industry is in boom. Can you dive deeper into that growth and what that actually looks like and what's happening? Sure. When you take the esports industry, this is growing year-to-year based on double digit. Uh, there is some discrepancies about such numbers. It's something that I'm working at, actually, to do more research about uh, from my role as a researcher in Lockborough University. But basically, if we assume that the industry is growing, we will find out a super uh, hype on eSports across different territories in the globe, uh, you know, because this generation, this digital generation, is appealing to play more games and is appealing to consume them in a way that is not only playing. And this obviously creates new business opportunities. And that's the reason why there is new arenas, new channels, uh, new business models, new entrepreneurs approaching the eSports ecosystem. And that's what I have seen. I mean, many, many companies, many people are asking me, uh, hey, we have this idea. How do you think this can uh, fit into your current uh, role or responsibilities, how we can contribute. And that's the kind of workshops that we have been doing uh, in the last 24 months. That's amazing. Talk to me about Germany a little bit. Like, what's it like there? Because if I'm not mistaken, you guys officially recognized esports as a sport, correct? Yes. Um, I, but, but this, for me, is an, an, it's, not, it's not part of the discussion, really. I mean, it is fr- more from tax perspective, because in some countries, if you are a sports association, influence yeah. you uh, in favor. But for the community, I would say that this is not really important, except for the, let's say, the e-sports the sports simulation community, which is a sub-segment, but it's quite a small. People mm-hmm. playing League of Legends or Dota 2 or Counter-Strike, they normally don't care too much about it. The community is not super deep into, oh, we need you know, the recognition of some Olympic committee or a sports federation to make it happen. The, the vibe is more, we will make it happen no matter what other structures are saying, right? And well, No, 1,000%. Right. So, and I, I agree with that. You agree? Um, cool. From a from an outside perspective, though, what would you say? Like, um, I'm not familiar with like the culture there, the gaming community. It sounds very similar here. Um, same thing. Like, we we don't need that validation. At least the gamers don't. But from an outside perspective, from the people that aren't gaming, from the people that don't really understand esports, is that is that recognized as a sport? Do they care? Is it something they're interested in? And are people starting to do more research? Or, like, what does that look like from an outside perspective? Well, you know, the people doing it from outside perspective, they normally makes easier for them to understand what eSports is. Because if you say eSports and then you say, what well, wait, it's not a sport, then people get puzzled because they say, wait, in the name is the word sport and then you say it's not a sport, what is it, right? <laughs> so 
I think it definitely makes easier for the general media and let's say non-endemic consumer of esports to understand it. Uh, but at the, at the same time, the people in the community don't really care about what you know what's coming if uh, they recognize or not uh, this as a sport. Say this in Germany in particular, and I would say in Europe in general, uh, there is a big hype around esports. Uh, I would say definitely Asia is the you know is the number one across the globe. Then, for obvious economical reasons, the the United States. Uh, representing 25% of the global economy generates a lot of business opportunities, opportunities in any industry, and that includes the e-sports. And in Europe, it's a big market, but as everything in Europe is quite fragmented because every country is a different culture, different language, different ecosystem, different stakeholders. Uh, mm. In that sense, in that regards, Germany and the UK, uh, because the size of their economies and the, the you know the the well settled structure of companies in the, such regions. Uh, are leading and obviously that you know in, in Germany in particular that creates um, uh, a lot of uh, new new opportunities in particular related to the ESL which is based in Köln and it's a global uh, a global brand I would say actually organizing uh, tournaments across different territories and also from Greenhack perspective yeah. uh, in uh, owned by the Times Group in Sweden in the Nordics so Definitely, these companies are from Europe and are creating a lot of, you know, noise around the community uh, across the globe. Yeah, and I love that. I love that. And I'm excited to see where we go. Um, what are some games that you play? Are you still a gamer? I didn't even ask. <laughs> Uh, I'm not playing eSports, actually. Um, I, I, know, I know you don't, like, so not professionally, I, I, but are you still gaming? Yeah, yeah, sure. Time to time, I, I'm I'm watching some streams just for curiosity, uh, and because my schedule is very tight, I I tend to play <laughs> I can uh, some mobile games that are released because I like to try uh, what's in what's on the market, and yeah. from let's say more Mac slash PC perspective, I have uh, the um, the taste for old abandoned world. So normally, I, yeah. sometimes I play some Maniac Mansion or uh, some Monkey Island from you know from the eighties and nineties just to just for the fun. And if this around, around current games, I will normally try something uh, like Battle for Westnot, uh, which is a freeware which I strongly recommend. A very cool strategy game, uh, or maybe some uh, Championship Manager slash Football Manager, which is also super popular in the UK. I love it, man. I'm I'm obsessed with uh, Apex Legends right now. Good, if you're familiar. That's nice. It's a it's a it's a. I think Apex Legends is a good example of this uh, new vibe across content and consumers. Because if mm. you think about it, how the community was aware of this new game, it was pr practically one day to another, and they got millions of players just you know in a click. This yep. years ago, when you try to you know to establish a new practice, a new culture, a new game or a sport, takes much more time. The scalability of digital assets is amazing, and that's why games like Apex Legend can be successful. And obviously, after that, it doesn't matter how much money you invest on marketing; it's up to um, what the game is. 
because you can invest yeah. a lot of money saying this is super cool, but the community realizes not, then definitely you lose the community just afterwards, right? But Apex Legends had yeah. something in there. They, they make their space in the shooting war. And yeah, it's one more f- segment of the of this community. No, I agree. Like they're becoming like social platforms within these games. Could you could you talk to me a little bit about um, a little bit about like what it takes for those games to be considered uh, like an esport? Like what is that? What does that take? I know you mentioned the community aspect. I love that. Like people actually have to back this game. Like what makes Dota two so special? What makes League of Legends so special? Like what? What about these games makes considers it an, an eSport? Well, for me, it's super important to define what an eSport is because then you can, you know, qualify the different opportunities and, uh, and fragment every, every game to, what the, to, 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 the, to the segment that it belongs, right? So the definition of eSports from my perspective, from an academical point of view, is human-to-human competitions with no artificial intelligence in the middle of the game, in the mm. core components of the game. So this means that, as an example, a FIFA game or Pro Evolution soccer game or any sports simulator where it's one versus one, but in the screen you have more than one player each side, let's say in basketball, five to five, or in football, European soccer, let's say, uh, it's 11 versus 11, then that's not eSports because most of the characters in the screen are controlled by the algorithm of the game, Mm. correct? So when you have a pure eSports competition, then every character should be controlled by humans and the secondary characters can have an influence from artificial intelligence perspective, but in an equally manner. So this will be in League of Legends, all the minions around the characters, those are controlled by artificial intelligence, but they don't really influence in the performance of the player because it's equal for everyone. And that's my definition of eSports, human-to-human uh, competi- video game competition online uh, with no artificial intelligence involved in the main characters of the game. Make- no, that's fascinating, man. That's very fascinating. Um, just because I know I'll have a lot of listeners that one are just listening because of me and they don't really know anything about esports. Uh, can you talk to me about like what the impact is gonna be like just for everyday people? Like how big are esports gonna get from your perspective? Well and maybe just gaming as a whole. Yeah. You know it, we don't know. I mean we don't know because this is also related to the um, the technology and the evolution of it. We now are overseeing that virtual reality and augmented reality will play a big role in the next 10 years. As soon as the, yeah. these devices are accessible to everyone and people can play and involve in such communities from eSports perspective, then we will have a new segment for this type of games. And that will probably escalate the you know the the reach of the of the gamers and the community as we know it right now because some people will be only playing if they have such kind of device my prediction yeah i mean i i don't have the future ball here and is i will be too much pretentious to say hey this is gonna be uh double digit for the next 20 years we really don't know and you know people nowadays can change pretty much quickly their minds and, and they, there is something new out there and then they migrate to the new platform, the new entertainment system. But I can assume that because we have been seeing video games in the last 40 years, 
and how this culture is embedded in almost every country in the world, and particularly in the most developed, uh, the most developed ones. I would say that we have eSports forever, that they will evolve across time based on the technologies available and how the algorithm will, uh, will understand humans, because the next big thing in games might be games interacting differently for each player, depending what they like and how they behave. And then we will have uh, the result of it in a probably a very consistent community um, in some countries higher, in some countries smaller, but in everywhere, no matter where, where you sit, where you have a computer, where you have an internet connection, this will exist. Dude, I love that answer. Um, and I, I do want to dive a little bit more into what you just said, but first, um, just cause I know like you've worked with like tournament organizers and teams, um, what does it look like as an athlete? Like, can you walk me, not necessarily the day to day, but like a lot of these guys are working like 16 hour days, you know, like either streaming or training, like what does it actually look like to be an athlete? Well, it's just like any other athlete. If, if you want to be successful, let's say that you need to train. Uh, you need to prepare yourself and then be the best in the pitch, right? Uh, so I would say that normally they are very passionate about gaming. They wake up in the morning, they they do the routine, they do the <laughs> training, they discuss tactics with their managers and with the um, with their coaches. So definitely, this is a you know um, um, a training like any any other. Just some people cannot imagine that computers can create this interaction with people, but we need to understand this is a culture. So culture interacts with humans in a very unique way. And uh, if we consider sports a culture, eSports is also a, a new one, and people will interact this way uh, no matter what others are thinking. They will do their specifics uh, across, across this practice. And I invite everyone to get closer to the team that you have in your city. Just knock the door, have a look. Probably they will accept kindly any, any guest because they like to open themselves and, you know, gain more attraction from the market. Yeah. Which teams are you following now? Um, I'm following a player from Ukraine called simple. Um, yeah, is yeah, he is a Counter Strike player, one of the one of the best in the globe, I would say. Um, and I like to see him playing in different tournaments. I'm more into, let's say, specific characters rather than teams. Uh, but usually, I follow the biggest yeah. scene. I know, you know, Fnatic. I, I know Cloud Nine. Um, I know some teams from some more local teams. Uh, recently, I met some guys from uh, from Madrid. That they are called Team Queso. And they play more in mobile, so they focus in Clash of Clans and other type of games. So definitely like to you know to talk with the community and get the best out of it. It's a it's a very good, very good uh, ecosystem where you can relate with very smart people from a different angle. Dude, I love it, my man. And again, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so I got one more question. Um, I know you mentioned the community aspect and just getting involved with the local team, but for those that don't um, necessarily have that esports ecosystem where they're at, or there's no team or no organization, no school, whatever it may be, how can they get involved in something esports today? Well, um, I would say that esports, as any other practice, offers different niche where you can sit and develop yourself. 
you can relate to esports and be a bad player because you can do something else. You can do like the podcast that you are doing. You can do a streaming. Uh, I mean, you, many people love a specific sport. Many people love basketball, right? But not everyone can score three points, and not everyone can play basketball. But they they might be fans. They might be journalists. They might be coaches. They might be whatever. And esports is exactly the same. So define what's your passion. What do you like to do? Then approach the ecosystem openly and find out the opportunities that you want, and you will probably make a space out of it. Love that answer, man. Thank you for coming on the show and being my guinea pig for my first episode of this. Sure. But uh, where can people find out more about you? Oh, thank you. Uh, well, no, I, I appreciate uh, you invited me to your to your program, and I hope the community uh, enjoy it as much as I did. Um, they can approach me on LinkedIn uh, as Federico Weiner, W-I-N-E-R, or fedeweiner.com. That's my website. And I invite everyone to, if you have any questions around technology or eSports, just drop me an email, drop me a line in there on Telegram. I'm more than happy to connect and help as much as possible to any stakeholder. Awesome, my man. I will put all of that info in the show notes for people to find and discover you. And again, I just wanted to thank you again for coming on 